0: Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari.
1: I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Catherine Baer. I'm here with Gina Ferrari and Kristen Corona. Hello, ladies. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey. So today, I'm very excited. We're going to be tackling uh, something really critical to our faith, and that is courage. And so looking at what courage looks like, the courage to move forward, the courage to act, uh, stagnation, sometimes when we get stuck uh, in our pain, and what causes that. So we're going to look at some really awesome things today um, in our faith. And I'm excited to get your perspectives and to just dive in. Um, One thing I just kind of wanted to kick off today is kind of the concept of holding on to what is coming and not what is. And I think we have that tendency when life is tough and things are thrown at us to, to just be absorbed in the here and now. And so, to really hold on to what is coming and not what is, um, just to kind of, you know, bear that in mind, no pen intended, but, you know, just bear that in mind to hold on to what is coming. Um, so I want to introduce the concept in, of listen as the first step. So listening to God, then obey, then watch, and it's in that order. So we listen to God, then we take steps to obey, and that's where courage comes in. And then we get to watch what he will do after we take that step. Now, this is uncomfortable, and it takes courage. And oftentimes, I know in my life, I like to switch it around. So I like to do listen to God watch what God will do. And then I'll make up my mind if I'm going to obey and step forward. And it's not always, you know, that isn't how it goes. And so what happens in my life is, as I've uh, reversed the order, and I'm sitting in that watch phase, right out of order, I'm stuck because God's not moving, and I'm not moving. And so I'm watching nothing happen. And I'm waiting. And so I'm curious if you ladies have experience with this, if you get it out of order or if you, sometimes it's a ready fire aim. Sometimes maybe you step out and you obey first or you do take an action, right? And then you listen to God and then you watch. So it could be, you know, a different order. I'm just curious what, um, what your take is.
0: I think, um, I think I have been along the lines uh, of praying and asking God what he wants me to do and then waiting for him to tell me and then, Lord, I will just step out. And I think ultimately what God is asking when it comes to obedience is you go Right. I'll show. Yeah. And we want show me, Lord. Right, right. And, and, and I'll go. <laughs> yeah. And 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 the courage comes in saying, I'm going to be faithful in my obedience to you without you showing me the whole picture. Right. That's what takes
1: courage. That's so good. Yeah.
2: I love that. Um, really well said, Gina. It, Honestly, Catherine, I'm all over the place with this, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I couldn't yeah. be more out of order.
1: A lot right, of, right. A lot of this. Yeah. I mean, it
2: kind of ties back to the last episode, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I want to be so certain.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, again, because I want to control. Mm-hmm. People are going to know me as the lady that always wants control. <laughs> uh, which actually is probably my reputation in a lot of areas <laughs> of my life. This right. Is good, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, I kind of want to um, listen and watch. And like, if I'm liking what I'm seeing,
1: sure, I'll obey, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a little out of whack, to be mm-hmm. honest. It's tough. And, you know, it's interesting because God could create it any way he wanted. You know, he, he could have made us so that it was an easy thing you know, it was like, like sight comes to us. We wake up, you know, for most people, you open your eyes and you see, right. It could, he could have created us and our beings to, um, have no problem stepping out and just doing it, you know, and obeying and and in that order. But yet it's not, it's a struggle. And that's curious to me. I'm curious to see, you know, how God works through that and that clearly it's so important to him to have us trust him. And when we don't have all the pieces and we don't have all the clues. And so to then step out and obey. And it's kind of like when you think about falling backwards in middle school, you know, when you did that exercise or whatever it was, and people catch you and you just had to trust that they would catch you. There's another example Kristen, last time we were talking about, you know, all the crazy things that we put our trust in, I would think trusting a bunch of middle schoolers to catch me probably <laughs> should be the lowest, on, not real high on my list. Yet we did it, you know, we did it. And so you think about that and Um, I I don't know. I just think, you know, for us to to trust God, to step out, to obey, and then to watch, and how often we want to just control and reverse that order.
0: I think um, obedience, when it's boiled down to it, that's the action. Right? Mm -hmm. Obedience Mm -hmm. is the action. That's right. I mean, we can, and I've said this before, you can trust God and you can say you trust God and you can trust God. But until you step out in obedience, that's taking it and putting your trust and your faith into action. Otherwise, you're just listening and you're trusting God, but you're not willing to have the courage it takes to actually put your faith into action. Yeah. And it's scary sometimes, it's way easier. Easier if we know where we're going. That's right. If we know the direction we're supposed to be going, of course that's easier, but that's takes less courage too. That's right. right. Yeah.
1: hundred percent.
2: Well, Yeah. It's also it's, um, this is where, again, like we talked about in the last episode, it's like, if we're going to be believers, then when that, Tested, or when you have to show up, or Gina, to your point, like it's kind of all talk. I, I until uh, until there's obedience being asked, and, and especially around something we might not want to do or we don't feel is right. That's where um, you could use people lose a lot of credibility as mm-hmm. Christians. Like if we're being honest, when like people are like, "Well, wait a second, that's not very Christian," or like if you say you believe this why are you behaving differently?
1: Right. Yeah. That's so true because it's, it's like the person who has the Christian bumper sticker on their car and then they're driving like crazy, you know, um, road rage and cutting people off or whatever. And I think that that's true. It's how we act. And, um, so obedience, yeah, it's, it's definitely the courage to act, but it's also really important how we act and proceed and move forward. That's a really good point. Really important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: because we can just step out there running mm-hmm. in our own direction. Right. And yeah. and, and, and drive and, our and lives by in theory, a
1: date. Right. Absolutely. Theory, right. that's action. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So it really is important on how we're acting and who we're being obedient to. That's right. If it's out to our own desires and our own will and our own plan, or if we are uh,
1: being obedient to God's leading. That's right. Yeah. So true. So, you know, I think about obedience and what God is calling us to do. And I think, you know what, is there something difficult that God is calling us to do? And this may be anything in the area of forgiving someone that we don't want to forgive, or forgive an action um, that we don't want to forgive, Uh, acceptance. Like, you know what, I just have got to accept and surrender. It's not going to change, and I need to accept that this is God's will, and that's difficult to do. Or is it an action? Uh, calling us to step forward or step up and do something. And so thinking about that and thinking about courage and how it is faith in action, you know, really is. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts if in those, I'm sure we've all had those situations, you know, where God is calling us to do something that's difficult to do.
2: I think about there, there's that quote out there, right? That says, you know, something like courage is being scared and doing it anyway, Mm. That's good. And I think that's an important thing to recognize is I think where we can get stuck, or or I'll just speak for myself, where I can get stuck is in the feeling that I have. Mm. Um, I'm scared or I'm nervous or I'm sad and um, I I can get stuck there, you know, and I think it's recognizing that. People who are courageous, it's not that they don't have those same feelings. It's just that they they move forward anyway.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, by not being obedient, when we choose to not be obedient, it's an act of rebellion. Mm. We can call it anything we want, but yeah. we are literally rebelling against what God is asking us to do because we are scared, because we're uncomfortable, because we don't want to go in that direction. It could be a million different things, right? you know, but um, gosh, it it really is being scared, being uncomfortable, being unsure, and yet willing. Mm -hmm. That
1: is courage in action. Mm -hmm. Obedience is courage in In action. action. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, Think about some of the stories in the Bible. Uh, when you think about Moses lifting his cane or um, uh, what he had, his, his stick, you know, lifting that over the Red Sea. I think about the widow filling the jars of the oil, um, the blind men asking for healing, right? All of these things, there, there is a step that God has asked us to do in that. Uh, We do something small, and then that makes way for God to do something big. But it's so interesting to me that God values and asks for participation. He does not need Moses to raise that cane or (laughs) stick above the Red Sea. He doesn't need the widow to fill. Like, he could just produce them, you know? So there's got to be something to that. There has to be something to us taking that step and then him responding
0: yeah otherwise it's not a relationship right Right. i mean yeah (laughs) there's where our free will comes in i mean in everything we have a choice and how we're going to react and or act or step out or not step out be obedient or don't rebel or fall in line um Otherwise, we're just robots that God, you know, if He just did it all programmed, for us, programmed yeah. to mm-hmm. do something, and He wants to see how we're going to react. Yeah, and other people are watching how we're going
1: to react. Yeah, you know, yeah. What were you going to say, Kristen?
2: Well, I think something too that I always struggled with this when I was younger. When I when I would read the Bible, right, and you hear these like. These stories, right? And you just alluded to it, right? Whether it's Moses or Mm -hmm. whether it's Noah, and these stories are so they're so big and they're really hard to grasp. Like, wait, wait, what happened? How did that happen? Yeah. And so I think sometimes we're expecting this like big, extreme moment or decision in life, and um do not always happen that way,
1: mm-hmm. right? Like
2: some of these could be um, being obedient. Um, a, a lot of times can be these really small decisions that we're making in our life mm-hmm. as well.
1: Right, right? And
2: it took me probably too long to figure that out, right? Because I was I was expecting these really big moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it's just a little bit more relative. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a yeah, good point. And I think, uh when we're faithful to be obedient in the little things. I mean, it's a test, right? If you're going to obey in the little things and the bigger things come, when when you show that you are trustworthy with the small things, then the Lord could lead you to bigger things. Mm. Why put you in a big giant test of be obedient unless he already knows that you can handle the little
1: things? That's right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And to, to have those steps and to have that faith in action with the little things, you know, so, so important. And, you know, like if you, if you look at like 39 points or 30, Psalm 39, seven, it says, but now Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. I think about that. And I think what we look for, you know, before we, before we act, you know, it, it's that, again, that step of wanting to watch and look for something, um, and yet recognizing, like this psalmist recognizes that his hope is in you. So it doesn't matter what we're looking for. In the end, it's all in God anyway. So if we look for resolution, if we look for answers, if we look for whatever it is that we're searching for, it doesn't matter. In the end, my hope is in you. And so our faith in action is really, I think, recognizing that. So whatever step he's calling us to, whatever um, thought or whatever we have to reconcile, whether it's forgiveness or whatever it is, in the end, our hope is in him. Um, And I think about you know faith in action and i i think about that story i don't know if you guys have ever heard it it's the red umbrella story and i love this story it it's really about a rural church in the middle of farming country you know somewhere usa farming country usa that had a special service to pray for rain and a drought had hit the area really hard, and the farmers and the community, they were suffering. They were suffering financially and spiritually. So uh, they had a prayer meeting, and the community came to the service to pray. And as the pastor was serving and looking out over the crowd, he was encouraged. And um, he, the thing that inspired him the most, however, was that there was a little girl, and she was sitting in the front pew— And she was holding a bright red umbrella and everyone in the community had come to pray for rain, but only the little girl Mm. believed enough to bring an umbrella. So I think that's fascinating that everybody in the community came to pray. They were on board with that, but only the little girl came expecting God to answer. So, I think about that, and I think, would I bring my red umbrella to that meeting? Would I trust God enough and obey God enough to know I'm asking for rain, I'm bringing my umbrella? And I think about that in our lives and how we apply and what we're, we're praying for. Do we actually expect God to answer Or has our faith been so challenged and has been eroded to a degree where we might not bring an umbrella, but sort of a cheap imitation of an umbrella?
0: it's that expect that childlike mm-hmm. expectation of that little girl right to say we're going to pray for rain I'm bringing an umbrella right. <laughs> you know I'm going to need an umbrella to keep right. all that rain off of me yeah. you know that and, and sometimes it, to your point Catherine has life beat us down so much mm. that we're just lucky to show up at the prayer meeting that's right you know the the thought of bringing an umbrella and preparing and expecting is more than we can handle at that point but showing up so uh, that that that's a difficult thing i mean i think about the woman uh, and the story in the bible where she had she'd been bleeding for 12 years Mm -hmm. so Anytime someone has been in chronic pain and nothing that she had done and none of the doctors uh, have been able to help her. And so basically, especially for a woman who had been bleeding, this is an unclean woman. Mm. For her to come into public, even in, in, in that would have been taken a lot of courage. And then here Jesus is walking down this road with crowded uh, uh, um, people all around him. And she has the thought that if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Mm. I mean, that's a red umbrella, right? Right. I mean, all I have to do is touch the hem of his garment, me being unclean. And then when she touches him... And his power, you know, goes out of him, and he says, "Who's who touched me?"
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and the people around him and his disciples like, "What do you mean? Who touched you? You're cry- there's so many people here. Of course, you got cry- to no. know know someone." touched me mm-hmm. in faith, mm. and her faith has made her whole, and her faith has made her well, just that touch, and he felt that touch in, uh, amongst all of those people. And I think for that woman to step out in courage, to be obedient to that leading that she felt, to reach out and touch the very hem of a garment mm-hmm. of Jesus, uh it's just another perfect example of that of that red umbrella, that expectancy, that hope, and that courage to
1: have the faith to step out. So my question to you ladies on that story is, did it take 12 years for her to get there, to have that red umbrella? You know, year one or two or three, would she have had enough courage to brave the public humiliation to step out in faith, to obey, you know, or would it be something uh, where she's still trying to control it and seek her own methods of healing? Or, um, I don't know. I just, I think about that sometimes on the timing of our trials and how God so perfectly times it to bring out of us what is needed. And it just so happens that Jesus was traveling through that town that day right. after 12 years of her going through that. And it just was the perfect intersection, I like to say, of, you know, faith and obedience. She was ready. She was ready to step out and have that interaction.
0: And when she what? She had tried everything, mm-hmm. everything within her, her power, you know what I mean? To be to the point that you know that you know there's nothing or no one that yeah. can save you. It's the end of the road. You. You're at the end of your rope. Yep. Sometimes it takes that mm-hmm. for us to turn to God yeah. and, to, and to step out in faith yeah. because we've exhausted every possible thing that we can come up with right. and every effort that we can make. Um so I don't know. I don't know. Like with the twelve years, you know, I I think twelve years. That's over a decade of, gosh, I just the humiliation, mm-hmm. the embarrassment, uh, the, the the isolation, pain, isolation, yeah. all of those yep. things, and yet in that day, to know that. Um, It was worth one more try and to lean in to the one, the
1: one that could heal her, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think, Gina, your point earlier about like, sometimes it's hard enough and it's a win just to even show up at the church Mm -hmm. to pray. Yeah. Right. And, um, You know, I I think it can be really hard when you're going through a challenging time. And um, sometimes it's hard just to get yourself out of bed and even make it to church, right? Or make it to a small group. And, you know, I I think it can be challenging. You you know, my husband and I have moved around a lot and we've had to integrate into a lot of churches and a lot of different communities and um, I think it can be really hard sometimes because there's this feeling that you can't really be vulnerable mm-hmm. and authentic around how you might be feeling, right? So so I wonder during that time um, how, how much pushback there was around not feeling certain. And, and I don't know if I believe this, and I'm really struggling, or are we kind of expected to just get it together and show up and be believers all the time. Mm -hmm. um, That's really hard. I mean, one of the things that drew me to you guys so much was like the acceptance of knowing that it was okay, that I was struggling with my faith. Mm. It was at a moment in time where I was just grasping for whatever I could. Like, I was the opposite of having it together and showing up for a small group where we're, like, diving in and, and really, like, owning that chapter of the Bible. I was yeah. like, I, I can I can barely get myself out of bed right now. Like, I'm so not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say that I would, I hope that one day I could be the girl that's got the red umbrella yeah. from day one but man, it's a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but you know what you did do, Kristen, is in the very depths of the pain and the uncertainty and the not understanding and the whole variety of emotions that you were feeling, you did show up. You know, you did show up to the group. And that took courage to come and join a group. Um, of people that you did not know. Uh, and it takes time to get to know people and to trust people and to be vulnerable and to be real. And that's the whole point of this whole thing, it's just. Man, if we can get people to just show up, just to tune in, just to to have enough faith and courage mm-hmm. to just show up and be there, and know that you're in a place that, um, and especially over time, that you are going to be loved on and encouraged and and um, come alongside and uplifted. But but maybe you didn't have the strength to have your umbrella out, but you showed up. That's right.
1: Yeah. And that's half the yeah. battle. That
0: is half the battle. And and Catherine in this group that we've had, uh, you know, with the 10 weeks that we go through trying to encourage women when— when faith does seem impossible, you know, and how each time Catherine has said before the very first night of the meeting, she prays for the feet of the women. Mm. She prays for the feet that they will just take the first step to walk through those doors, to take the step to show up. And and that does take courage and it does fake faith. And it is being obedient.
1: Absolutely. And Yes, I do. I do pray for the feet of the women because I know that where the feet go, the heart and head will follow. And uh, oftentimes we as women, you know, we I I hate to use the word mask right now because mask is so (laughs) so used in our day to day lives right now. But, you know, when I say the word mask, I mean, you know, we put on that face that everything is great, right? And I think of the Matthew West song, Truth Be Told, where, you know, he talks about, hey, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine, but I'm not. And uh, that is so many women, I think, that are just, you know, we as women, like we we hold it together for the for the sake of the family. And... You know, whatever it takes, whatever we need to do and our pain inside, you know, is basically something that we have to, um, you know, reconcile and try and move forward through the pain. But we do that for our families. And so I think about this and I think about how, you know, the women who come to the group, right, and the women who come to this podcast right now. Um you know we we hear you, we walk with you in this pain, and this ministry this podcast is an extension of this ministry, and you know the whole preface of this ministry is for women who are struggling in pain, and when faith walking in faith seems impossible. So to have the courage to show up at that church and that prayer meeting, you know, or to bring, whether or not you bring the red umbrella, I mean, that's the goal, right? But we are realizing that it's incremental faith and it's one step after the other and that's how you get there. And that it's through pain that God works and draws out our best ultimately.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, The name of our ministry is Rebounding Faith, Um, but part of this podcast is called, Catherine's name It's Catherine Bear, and (laughs) it is bear your heart, bear your soul, have the courage to show up and bear your face. Mm. Take the mask off, take off the um, feeling like you have to pretend I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine, and just know it's okay it's okay to not be fine. It's okay to be broken. Um, We are here. Uh, God is in our midst. And we want you to be able to not only just bear your heart and your pain, but share it with us and know that we care and that there is a purpose in what you're going through. And we're here to come alongside of you and encourage you in that. And that we are going to walk through this journey together.
1: Absolutely. And walk being the key word, right? Sometimes I know that we get stuck. And, you know, frustration can be a tool that leads to transformation. But sometimes we get stuck. And I got to thinking about stuck, right? And I thought, you know, about water and stagnant water and what stagnant water versus fresh water. Flowing water and the difference between the two. And, you know, stagnant water is bad. As I started to research this and I started to see that, uh, and I'm not a scientist, so go with me on this, but uh, the microbiomes, I believe is what they called it, uh, start changing in the stagnant water. And before long, the whole ecosystem. Is changed and bacteria begins to fester, and it starts to have this smell that is just uh, putrid. It's just an awful kind of stagnant smell. And really, it's because water is not meant to be stagnant. It's meant to be moving. It's meant to be flowing and moving forward. And so I equate that to pain in our lives when we're stagnant and we can't move forward and we're stuck for whatever reason. And, you know, why that is so difficult for us to move forward. But the reality is the longer we stay stuck, the more repercussions and consequences we will have from staying stuck. And I'm just curious what what you guys think about that and if if you've had any personal experience with that.
2: I have, you know, someone said to me a long time ago that the goal is progress, not perfection.
0: Hmm.
2: And, you know, that's just kind of an easy phrase that I end up telling myself a lot is, um, I don't have to be perfect. I just need to make progress.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And when you talk about, it goes back to the umbrella example, right? It's like that day progress might be just getting to the church. Mm -hmm. I hope that I can eventually get to the point where I bring my umbrella, but you know what, for today, that's a win.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. And, You know, we all have places that we want to be and we get frustrated that we're not there yet. And I myself um, might be considered an overachiever. And so one where I'm not progressing fast enough, you know, I'm not getting there fast enough. And sometimes I think God is telling me, look, just slow down and enjoy the scenery. Like it's okay to uh, not move at 60 miles an hour you know, sometimes you're going to hit traffic jams. Sometimes you're going to hit red lights, but as long as it turns green, you keep moving forward. You keep, you know, taking step after step. But the point is, is that we don't get stagnant to the point where we start, um, having, you know, like our, where our bodies are, or our thought process is changing in a negative way. And we're not, you know, um, having our ecosystem for lack of a better word changing and we're not giving off an offensive smell or being right. Like we, we are still for a time and then we're moving forward. And I think that's, that's really the key to that.
2: Yeah. And, and I think our, our job in supporting other women too, mm. is to meet them where they are. Right. Because, I think sometimes there can be this perception that you've got to bring the umbrella. And if you don't bring the umbrella, you don't have faith and you don't believe and yada, yada. All the things that we tell ourselves. Or, Or maybe we unintentionally or intentionally put on other people. Yes. In order to really support one another, we have to be able to say, gosh, I bet it took a lot for you to just get here today. That's right. And that is enough.
1: That is enough. Yeah. And it's, it's grace and it's acceptance and that you celebrate with them right where they are, you know, and it's, it's really about like, we want to continually improve and we want to continually grow, but sometimes it's not by leaps and bounds. Sometimes it's just like you said, Kristen, it's just showing up at the church and, um, I mean, we've all had experiences in the church that where the church can improve. I think where you know it is we feel judged or we feel rejected for whatever reason. And I think of that that story. It, it's a fictional story, but it's a story about a woman who shows up at church. And what she's wearing to church probably isn't her Sunday best, right? It's probably not even appropriate for a church. And she's sitting there, but she's there. And the pastor looks over and he, he sees what she's wearing. And after the sermon or, you know, the service, he goes over and he says, hey, you know, um, you might want to wear something a little different next time, um, something that's a little more appropriate for church. And, you know, and he says, just go home and pray about it and uh, see where God shows you. So the next week he's greeting people and she walks in the church and she has the same outfit on. So he, you know, pulls her aside and says, Hey, you know, I uh, thought we talked about this and I think, you know, you were going to go home and you were going to pray and, and uh, why don't you try that again this week? And, you know, we'd love to have you back next week. So The following week, you know, she shows up, she's got the same outfit on and he's thinking this, this gal is not understanding what I'm telling her. So he he pulls her aside and he says, look, I I thought you were going to pray about this and, um, you're going to ask God, you know, uh, what to, what you should wear and, and how you should, you know, come to the church. And what did he tell you? And she said, well, I asked, and you know, he told me that he didn't know because he's never been here. (laughs) And that's kind of how I see it, right? Like, it's just about meeting women where they are, and it's about acceptance and grace. Yeah, I
0: can, you know, speak from personal experiences, too, and feeling um, very fearful and concerned about allowing people to... um, to get to know me or to let my guard down enough because sadly um, it is far too often that women are the most critical of other women. Mm. Uh, when we should be the most encouraging, it can be the most critical and even worse than that is is that in the church to go someplace to feel um, where you need to be accepted and brought in and loved on. Instead, you feel judged and... Um, look down upon and I uh, that's that's not a good place that's not what we want um, you know we want to be a place come as you are you are welcome here at whatever state that um, you're in and whatever brokenness that you're in just showing up and uh, and knowing that you are going to be um, accepted and um, and welcomed, right? The way that you just where you are, yeah. knowing we're going to go someplace better together, and we're going to get there. And you know the the water thing too. I think we can equate it sometimes in our lives when we don't want to be moving forward, where we feel fine being stuck, and. Um, for whatever reason. It's safe. It's safe. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, but the truth is that no one ever stays exactly where they are. Just like the water, it doesn't just sit there fresh. For, right. It That's it's right. a slow t-
1: progress Toxic.
0: that happens day in and out where without even visibly at first it begins to change. You know, until Obviously, it becomes toxic and putrid and smells and all of those things. But um, so we want to not get stuck. We don't want to get stuck in our pain. We don't want to get stuck in our story. We don't want right. to get stuck in, in brokenness. Uh we're there, and, and that's okay. But, but Jesus gives us the water of life, and that is fresh, and that is clean, and that is pure, and it is um, health giving. And so, um, yeah, being stagnant at any place yeah. in our life—it's it, not a good place to be. Even if it's the tiniest
1: steps, the tiniest movement, it's right. something, right? Absolutely. That's a really good point. I am so glad that you guys brought that up in terms of acceptance within the church. And especially if you're carrying something heavy, um, something that you, you know, are ashamed of or if shame is part of your story, that is something that can be used to keep you away from the church. And, and then as Gina had referenced, uh, In the last episode, we were talking about isolation and wanting to withdraw. And this is all uh, stuff that will take you farther from God rather than closer to God. So it just breaks my heart when I hear stories about women who reach out and they try and they, you know, are going and showing up to church and then they have a bad experience. And it's just like, ugh, you know, that is—it just infuriates me. It's like I want to— it it took all she had to get there. Right. Yeah. So, but let's talk a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I I was
2: laughing because I had heard that story that you told about the lady that showed up to church. Oh, you haven't. And I, no, and and I kind of was making an assumption about how it was going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, Thought what you were going to say is the lady, the lady was going to tell the priest I did pray about it, and this is the only outfit I have. Yeah, and he told me to wear this over my birthday suit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that right. works but too. It kinda, yeah, it kind of ties in. I, I, I know I'm trying to make a joke out of yeah. it, but like honestly, I thought that's how the story was going to end. Yeah. but it, it go to your point. It ties back to you. Just don't know what people are going through.
1: That's right. So, yes.
2: uh, so just assume, like, let's just assume that everybody's doing their best.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, it's something where, you know, the fact that they're there should be celebrated in my book. So absolutely. So let's talk about, I want to just chat uh, for a bit about the concept of dead faith. And, you know, James actually refers to this in his book, um, his epistle where he talks about, um, in the same, so he talks about, um, let me just read this really quick. So suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs and good, what is what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action is dead. So dead faith is when one believes in God, but does not obey his commandments. So I'm curious on the concept of dead faith. I mean, we know it's important that we move on, we get back on track, we get unstuck, but oftentimes, you know, relief comes in the form of action, And so something on our part that we have to do. So I'm curious if you guys relate to this concept of dead faith and if you've ever struggled with, you know, getting forward, moving forward uh, in that way. It's another way to ask it, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we, we talked about it a little bit in the, the last episode as well, but um, yeah, it, it's the action that really proves the faith, yeah. right, and proves the the ability to go even when you're scared or you're sad or you're hurt anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it sounds really good in theory until you're in the middle of a storm, right? Right. Uh, so... it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's the right thing, but man, is it hard when you're in the moment.
1: Yeah. And you know, you don't, you think of faith as living and not dead, at least I do. And so, you know, when you think about whether God's calling you to forgive or to release or to accept, surrender, step up, whatever it is he's calling and you don't do it, that could be considered dead faith. But I also think about the way James is referring to it when you're caring for another and you're telling them go and be well clothed and well fed, but you do nothing to assist them, right? I think about what we were just talking about and how, you know, we as women, we go to church, we show up, but we're judged, you know, or we feel alone. Yeah. And, you know, I think about, ladies, when we're talking about courage It goes both ways. It's courage, not only for the hurting woman, which we've addressed to show up with or without a red umbrella, but to show up, but it's also courage in the church or courage, you know, church is not just the building, right? Right. It is all of us in the body of Christ. And so it is courage on that side of it to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to obey, going back to the listen, obey, and watch conversation. I'm going to obey and reach out. I'm going to show compassion and love. I'm going to um, be the hands and feet of Christ. And so that, that takes courage because you're feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You're feeling I need to do something and to take courage and obey. Yeah, yeah, but it's just such an interesting concept to think about—dead faith and um, in in the the body of Christ and how we can fight against that and what we need to do, and how courage plays into that. So great conversation, ladies. Yeah. I'm loving it. I am really grateful for your your time and your, um, thoughts and your contributions. And I want to thank you each for that. And I want to thank you for tuning in to rebounding faith this week as we look at courage and we are excited, uh, that you're with us and we look forward to, uh, having you join us next week. Anything you want to add Gina or Kristen? Oh, just
0: may the Lord cause his beautiful face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Let you know that you matter, uh, that there is hope, and that we uh, hope to see you and uh, you join us again soon.
1: Absolutely. And that
2: is why Gina always closes us
1: out. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else to add. And... Yeah. Anyway, have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.